often do you read beach safety signs and how well do you think you understand them? Dr. Masaki Shibata, a researcher at Adelaide University, headed to Bondi Beach and interviewed 160 beachgoers about safety signage. He discovered some very surprising misconceptions. I'm Ellen Fidian, and this is Cosmos Insight. So, Masaki, what are the biggest risks for beachgoers in Australia? So, generally speaking, Australia has um, a lot of risks, right? So, for example, we see the blue bottle, which is jellyfish. But I guess uh, the most important things we would like to know is rip currents. So, um, before I'm coming to Australia, even, um, I actually haven't heard rip current even in Japanese. And um, when I come to Australia, everybody tell you, uh, be careful with uh, rip currents, rip currents. So, so basically, the rip current is a current going out. So usually, currents are going in, all right? So although you might be dumped by waves and stuff like that, but uh, one of the scariest the current is basically the one that's going out. So if you are under it, then you are going out. And it's really hard to come back. So that's something that I think people want to be very careful with. That makes a lot of sense. How do you conveys a risk like that on a beach sign like it's I, I, it's extremely easy to do it in English obviously but how can you do it if um, you're trying to communicate to people who don't necessarily speak English or or you want like some other method yeah I guess uh, there are two layers uh, mm-hmm. of it so if they can't speak English at all then of course we have to rely on the visuals. Uh, but my study hasn't really done much of visuals, although mm-hmm. some pictures are used, some picture of signs are used. But also the second layer is simplified language. So um, I would like to address, for example, um, always bet- uh, swim, always, be- sorry, always swim between flags. And it looks very simple, but when it's come to translation, it's not. So uh, what I actually found in my study is that swim between the flags. 30% of international beach goers thinks that you have to swim, like literally, like more exercise between the flags. Therefore, if you can't swim, then you have to be outside flags. So their interpretation is not wrong. And if you translate swim between flags into Japanese, that's, that's the interpretation we want to. So we may want to change, for example, stay between the flags to simplify the meaning because in the Australian context word swim is so complicated <laughs> even in the water it's swim right so mm. even you say poor swimmer I mean what does that mean like, <laughs> you know they can't swim why are you still calling swimmer so yeah of course. language is very complicated actually mm. Yeah, that is, as soon as you said that, I thought, oh, yeah, I will talk about going swimming with my friends when I mean just standing in the water, yeah. basically, not actually like doing any kind of exercise or anything. Yeah. But yeah, that would not that would not translate that easily. Yeah, exactly. So I guess it's people usually have to say ocean swim, I guess, if mm. you're actually doing a swimming swimming. So you found 30% of the people you talked to thought that you had to be like actually swimming between flags? Yeah, so um, basically uh, the service it's only swimmer, like, you know, um, has to be between the flags. And the second choice was like, everybody has to be in between the flags. But then, of course, that uh, the second choice is much higher than the first one, but still like about 30% of overseas born beach boards, in, as well as Australians thought that it's 
um, or like swimming area, like recreational swimming area. Right. And but also um, another uh, signage said no flags, no swim. Mm-hmm. And that's a very interesting one. So no flags, no swim literally means if it's no flags, don't go in. Mm. But I gave them two choice. The one is if you don't see the flags, you don't go in. The other one is if you don't see the flags, you can't swim, but you can still go in and play and bathe and stand and walk. And both Australian and uh, international um, beach tours, the 50% of them chose the second one. Wow, okay. Yeah, so it's, I have to say that this signage, people interpret either A or B. It's like literally 50 or 50. Yeah. Right, that's really interesting. So, so locals as well there thought that no swimming was just no swimming and you could still go into the water. Yeah, I think I have to actually, as uh, far as I investigate what is going on with this interpretation, and this is literally the more uh, very, very first study of the signage interpretation. Now I'm actually um, launching a new study with UNSW Beach Safety Group and also Southlights in Australia. So we will have a look a little bit more deeper way. But people might think swim means maybe going out or maybe go far out. That's (laughs) something that people might think of swim. Yeah. So there are lots of interpretation of the word swim in Australia. So, yeah, we may have to look at a little bit more deeper way. So would you suggest it would be sensible to keep using the word swim at all? Or do you think don't go in the water would be a better thing to use in some cases? I think it's much clearer if you say you don't see flags, don't go in. Or if you don't see flags, um, be careful with currents or with currents or also stay between flags in terms of, yeah, swim (laughs) between (laughs) flags, for example. Mm. Do you have an ideal idea for what a beach sign would look like? So this question that I sometimes get from other um, researchers and uh, media companies, but this is actually really difficult questions. And and um, the, the reason is that even if I think this is the best, we don't know whether it's working or not. And I think in terms of signage, that's a problem. So people think this, con- this is going to work, and then they put it out. And, but we don't know it works or not. So firstly, I think if we want to, for example, figure out what is the ideal one, then we literally have to you know, put up some of the signage and then do the research like mine and to find out whether or not it works. Because I can talk about from a Japanese perspective, but I don't know from a other perspective, you know, European perspective or Asian perspective, I don't know about it. So we really have to um, do the research to find out what is working. However, some of the things I'd like to address is, yes, of course, that um, the language, as I said, like in swim between flags can be more stable than flags, more simplified meaning. But also uh, color coding is also another interesting one that 
I, when I came to Australia very first time, I didn't actually realize yellow and red flags are safe. <laughs> I mean, simply enough, yellow, universally speaking, I think, yellow is more caution mm, and red is danger. But combination is safe area. It is really hard to make such connection, uh, right? So Yeah, of course. Yeah, so I've heard that some of the European countries use three, three colors, so green, yellow, red, um, although apparently the European um, life-saving uh, uses yellow and red flags as well, but uh, green can be something easy to understand as a safe area. Yeah, uh, that, again, something that we may want to think about it, but then yellow and red is such an um, iconic color for Australia, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, again, it's one of those things, it's obvious if you have, like, interacted with surf lifesavers a lot, and you are a, you've been a surf lifesaver, yeah? Yeah, yeah? yeah, yeah, so it's obvious if you've interacted with those people a lot, because that's their colours as well, but yeah. it wouldn't be, if you weren't familiar with that, I imagine it would be a very different thing. Yeah, exactly, so it's really interesting, <laughs> I used to be a Tamarama um, lifesaver, mm-hmm. Tamarama Beach, and um, so Tamarama had Basically, Tamarama is one of the most dangerous beach uh, in Sydney because mm. um, the beach is very small, but it's all pressure comes into. Ah, okay. Yeah, so then typically speaking, the uh, left side of from the shore, left side is safer, so we put up the, um, the flags. But on mm-hmm. the right side, because of the rock formation, uh, there is permanent rip that basically goes to... Um, going out and then take you to far out and even to the next uh, beach. And so it's really dangerous. But what happened is that you put the flags and it's pretty small beach and everybody packed into between the flags. And some of the people who want to take a photo <laughs> without any background of people, um, they just wait to jump into the area that's no flags and... Oh, we have to just scream and yeah, just, that's you know, really just dangerous. Wa- you know, wave and the current is so quickly moving. So, mm. yeah, again, and um, I, I definitely um, talked to a couple of um, international uh, beach goers who really don't know how important it is, yeah, to be in there between the flags. Yeah, so I have to really alert and, um, and it's telling them why it's so dangerous. Of mm. course. Again, it's something that hadn't occurred to to me, but it's a really interesting, um, yeah, I guess, problem. I think those were all the questions I was going to ask. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, not, not really at this stage, but, uh, yeah, it was great to talk about it and um, hope. Um, I mean, most importantly, uh, my study is not really to criticise signage at all, mm. but because... I could talk about study uh, with you and um, you know other uh, media groups, and um, I just want people to read the signage, but also be cautious about their interpretations. Um, so now I'm proving that um, their interpretation is wrong. So of course there's two ways to think about it. Okay, well we may have to change the signage, but also. As a reader, uh, you may want to think about your own interpretation. Um, is that correct or not? So please don't believe that whatever you think is always correct. 
and just make sure that your interpretation is correct and checking with your friends or family. Um, that's something that um, I would like to say in this opportunity. That, that makes a lot of sense. And I guess particularly for something like beaches, you're not going there in order to be in a big crowd. So even mm. if there are plenty of other people there, you're not necessarily going to do the same things that they're doing and use kind of them as a litmus test for anything either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And um, even the even the Bondi Beach and, you know, there's the flags and, um, and people are there and you feel safe, but as far as I know, uh, there are four reefs uh, in Bondi, and some of the area in Bondi Beach is really dangerous. Um, that's why the flags are just out to avoid those reefs. So uh, I really want people not to assume that, okay, Bondi Beach is safe because it's popular, because it's touristic, because there are Bondi lifeguards, Bondi lifesavers. Regardless, there are reef currents, and if you're caught in the reef, then it's really dangerous. So make sure everybody swim between the flags. <laughs> Sorry, stay between the flags. <laughs> and, yeah, please That's hold. the trick, yeah, of course. Yeah, I did, yes. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you very much for that. Oh, thank you very much for having me today. <laughs> You can read more about our beaches on our website, cosmosmagazine.com. This podcast is produced by the Royal Institution of Australia in Adelaide on Ghana land. The Royal Institution of Australia is a not-for-profit whose mission is to communicate science widely as the key to a better world. We do this through our stories, which are turned into educational resources, teaching the scientists of tomorrow about the science of today in classrooms across Australia. Support us by subscribing to Cosmos Magazine, Australia's leading print science magazine, and Cosmos Weekly, its sister e-publication. Mm-hmm.